The chickens came home to roost. It's the Great Reset on Grand Fork's Best Source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition in the studio like he is every Tuesday. And Father Stephen McKenna back in the studio today, too. Good to see him back. Be talking about all kinds of stuff. We'll get into it in just a minute. Your show, by the way, is brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, if you have any questions or comments today, feel free to call or text. Our number is 701-213-0863. Now, if you're wondering, how come you're not picking us up on Facebook or YouTube? Well, we don't do the Great Reset on those two uh, venues because... Well, we don't want to get thrown in jail anymore. But if you want to listen live, go to the uh, gfbestsource.com. You click Listen Now. It's live. If you want to chat, click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And we're on Rumble, too. Uh, It is posted on the GFBS Facebook page. Again, our number is 701-213-0863. All right, before we get too much further into the show, let's do it. Our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, Kamala Harris walks into the Oval Office, and she sees President Biden whooping and hollering. And she says, what's the matter, Mr. President? He says, nothing at all. I just done finished a jigsaw puzzle in record time, the president beamed. So Kamala says, well, how long did it take you? Well, the box said three to five years, but I did it in a month. (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, First off, I'm going to go across from me. And David, how are you today? Uh, I know you're a I'm, busy, busy I'm, I'm man well. today. I'm well. I'm here. I'm here. So that's uh, you, you could tell you you got that kind of flustered one. look Is on it, your face. Do I? Yeah. Really? You, you, oh, you look, to, look like you're in the in the process of being ridden hard and put away wet. How's that? That's what it feels like. <laughs> as a matter of fact, was that a yeah. good way of putting it? That was uh, pretty descriptive. Okay. Yes, okay. Right. Good. good. I didn't know you rode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on who I'm talking to, right? I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> Father Stephen McKenna, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Love it when you come into the studio. Good to be here. Uh, I was out walking around doing a lap, and I walked in, and there's Father Stephen. It's like, all right, he's back. Okay. I want to go through a couple of things before we get into this. The chickens come home to roost. Uh, let's see. Uh, two banks collapsed. Uh, two big banks. I'm sure you heard about that. Uh, President Biden says, well, that's how capitalism works. Uh, let's see. Biden's approval rating as of yesterday, 44% approve of him, 51.1% disapprove. Uh, oh, and uh, Biden's expected to sign the executive order today, uh, aiming to increase the number of background checks to buy guns. Uh, he's doing his darndest to make this gun control thing uh into fruitation for him. Uh, Bears numbers through March 1st, new numbers, 19,476 deaths for the vaccine. And, um, you know, China is actually opening their borders now to foreign tourists for the first time since the pandemic originally started. And while our 
Three-year anniversary is coming up on Friday, so it's been about that long. Uh, Anthony Fauci, this is what got me. Uh, I've been watching this on TV and looking back a little bit. He's hitting back at his critics like Elon Musk. Now, Elon is not the only person saying Anthony Fauci should be prosecuted. So Fauci's saying, well, I wish I could figure out what the heck they're talking about. Sheepers. Any thoughts on anything I said, David? Yeah, it's all good. Oh, good. Oh, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Fauci should be prosecuted? Oh, no, I think Fauci should be executed. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, obviously, you need to go through the process, right? Uh He needs to have a a trial, and then... then, and then he needs to pay for his crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been, it's not like it's a new thing for him. I mean, he's been at this for a very long time. Anyone who's read the book, The Real Anthony Fauci yeah. uh, by, uh, by, by Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, has, has, has more than an inkling of what a truly evil man Tony mm-hmm. Fauci really mm-hmm. is. He should have mm-hmm. been executed for what he did during the AIDS. A long time ago. Stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. right. Yeah, he's the responsible for that. I mean, who knows how many deaths he's responsible uh-huh. for. And it's not that he didn't know that what he was doing wasn't going to work or that it was going to kill people. He, of course, he knew it, but he had an agenda and he was following his agenda. Sure. And now, so, yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you this then, um, Father Stephen. Uh, we talk about should be executed. Uh, your thoughts on executing criminals? All for it. Yeah. 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 And it should be. What I think is terrible is that it takes twenty years to do so. It sh- it should, on on it, whose bill? Yeah, exactly. It should be there for serious grave crimes. They're they're rounded up. They're tried. They're given a fair trial. Give a give them a shot at at uh, at one attempted at appeal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after that, give them a couple of days to say goodbye, exactly. say their farewells, and um, yeah. contact what uh, con- you know contact clergy for them if they would like it, and then. Give him a, a last meal and off you go. And uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not squeamish about that in the least. It's it's uh, it's just it's a just form of punishment for for serious crimes. Mm-hmm. Are, are you? Um, um, do you agree with the old saying, "Eye for an eye"? Um, well, we have to look at that in the light of the Gospels, after sure, the, which right. is the turn the other other cheek aspect mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So, the personal vengeance, no. Um, I do not believe that, but I do believe in a fair and balanced justice system, and the state has the power to determine if somebody should be ex- uh, as to the proper <clears throat> um, punishment for crimes, mm-hmm. and that that should be up to and including execution. But me personally, no, I'm not going to go you know kill somebody because they you know whatever you know ran over my lawn sign or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. uh, that's just not no gonna, right right it's got to be that wouldn't be that, that that wouldn't really be an eye for that that'd be you'd have to run over their lawn sign, right, right? It's right. A sign for a sign that'd be but like an eye for a toenail yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean i mean even still like i you know i'm not going to go on a personal vendetta that you know you, you killed my you know Cat. best friend mm-hmm. and yeah. so therefore i'm going to go kill you and sure that's that that creates a, a totally lawless society right. first and foremost and um and which just would become a very violent reality yeah. and secondarily uh, yeah i don't i don't think morally speaking we have the right to do that either um you know it's it's one thing to defend yourself 
um, or to def- actively defend other people. I think that everybody has the right to self-defense or to the def- defense of the innocent. Sure. But, uh, but it's another thing to, to seek personal vengeance. So that, I think that's the difference, really. You know, I think they should do like they did back in the 1800s. Uh, if they're going to hang somebody, mm-hmm. it's like a potluck dinner. I mean, everybody gets to come. You know, we all get to come and watch. I, I think because there's so few executions now, yeah. why not televise it? Well, I, I mean, it, it might stop other people from doing these, committing these stupid crimes. It probably won't, but what well, the that's, heck? That's it is a, a deterrent. I mean, it's a proven deterrent for some people. Some people won't be deterred by anything no, because no. they think that they're, you know, above the law and mm-hmm. that no, they'll never get caught. I but it is definitely a deterrent yeah. to some people. The effect of its deterrence, though, is minimalized when you push it off 25 years down the line, right? And it's like, it's, it's forgotten oh, Yeah. About. Oh, sure. It's very, it, right, you right, know, right. like, oh, you know, there are a lot of people that don't remember the crime that was committed. That was why he was being right. put to death, yep. and so therefore it's forgotten about in the public eye. And to and to your point, yeah, if if one of the aspects of of execution is deterrence, then it should be something that is able to be viewed by the public. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it should be something that you put your disclaimer on that, kids. You don't want to watch. You have your kids watch this, but exactly, you know, and it's and 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 I don't think. The idea, I mean, again, you know, coming back to it's like, well, you know, even the idea of just having it as a, as a three drug cocktail or whatever they're trying to do now, of where they just slowly go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, is, no. If you're going to have it as a real deterrent, then you know it should be something like a hanging or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's just watch know, them wiggle and twitch a little bit. You know, it's. it's <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, de- I mean, that's the thing about it. It's we are. <clears throat> You know, you can you can obtain instantaneous death without you know torturing somebody, and but not have to like we're we have this mindset that oh if we put somebody in front of a firing squad or we put somebody in a noose that um, that because it has an ugly look to it that it's that it's no longer appropriate but it's you're you're taking a man's life there's you know, this very simple, easy ways to do that, but it doesn't always look pretty. And mm-hmm. but death isn't something that's meant to look pretty. No, so no. it's right. So, and especially in those circumstances, you you are guilty of violent crimes. Well, you know, it shouldn't. I shouldn't really necessarily care about. You know, do do you uh, are you know is your shirt tucked in or something like that? Sure. So, um, one more thing before we get to you, and I'm going to let you take over here for a little bit. But um, uh, we did get a text saying uh, Elon also said. Um, uh, let's see, the Viking guy on the January 6th thing. You know, he got four years in prison. Mm-hmm. Well, you see the new footage that's coming out now. Um, basically, he's walking around in there by police officers, by law enforcement. Almost like, hey, you, you know, they're almost like saying, hey, you want to come this way, really? Right. You know, this is the best way to go down here. Next thing you know, he's in prison for four years. He didn't do squat. And he's a former Navy officer. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to have a hard time, though, because he pleaded guilty. Well, yeah. Did he? Yeah. So he pled guilty. Pled guilty to what? What was the, what was the charge? Know. I don't know what the charges were, but I saw his um, his attorney online and on a on a video and his own attorney was saying they're gonna have to get pretty creative and have to think of something because he 
actually pled guilty. I think he got lesser charge and lesser sentence. Yeah. And, and he just kind of figured that he was you know, probably screwed. I, I, and so I, it's, I, I think that what we're seeing is a wholesale miscarriage of justice with everyone who was, who was arrested um, and, and, and finally charged, right? How many of these people have been languishing in prison, in a federal oh, prison in D.C. Yeah. for more than a year mm-hmm. without charges? They right. haven't even filed charges. And that's I thought that was vi- illegal. I didn't think it you could illegal. do that. It is illegal. That's a total violation hours. of the Constitution. Yeah, you've got civil rights that prevent the, the – your everyone is, is guaranteed a, 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 a fair and speedy trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're not even allowed to be held without charges more than I'm, I think, I don't know, if it's 24 hours, 48 hours, depending on the state that you're in. I'm not an attorney. But why those guys don't, why, where, where were the attorneys? They should have been, if I was an attorney, I'd be coming out of the woodwork, especially if I was a civil rights mm-hmm. or constitutional attorney. Oh, coming be, out of the woodwork to defend those guys. Those defense attorneys must be licking their chops down with the oh, new I would video think so. footage coming yeah, out. There's all kinds of new footage coming out. But yeah. this reminds me, many years ago when I was laid up from my, I was in a plane crash, and my buddies used to pick me up, and they'd load me up in the back seat of a car, and we'd go drive around on gravel roads and shoot coffers. You know, that, yeah. who didn't do that in living in the country? Yeah. Well, I got caught by a game warden. Uh, he was out checking for brush fires, and, I mean, he even kept the gopher for evidence. So I get hauled into court. I was charged with taking a wild animal from a motor vehicle for a $250 fine. So I go to court, and I go up there, and, and the judge says, how do you plead? And I said, well, guilty. He goes, well, what happened? And I told him, and he goes, you know, he goes, we've all done it. We've all done it. He goes, um... You pled guilty because you did take a wild animal from a motor vehicle. He goes, but I'm not fining you $250. I paid the court fees at that time was like 25 bucks. He goes, don't do it again. Get out of the car. And that was done. So anyway, um, David, the chickens come home to roost. Uh, very interesting title. Well, it's a title that I, I kind of, I, I was a little bit uncertain if I wanted to apply that title to this particular show because I think that they're going to come home to us even more mm-hmm. uh, in the future. And I thought, should I save it uh, and title it something else? Here's the thing. We've been saying, you know, as you know, because we've we've been here, what did you say, almost three years? Yeah. Midwest Public Health Coalition mm-hmm. on, the, on the Great Reset. Uh, didn't start off with that title. But uh, we said in the beginning of 2021 – that the COVID vaccine was going to kill people. Back when you guys were all crazy. When we were all nuts, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. We, we said that the, the good old days. The COVID <laughs> vaccine was going to kill people. <laughs> and here in, in, uh, in this week's issue of the Epic Times, once again, this is a, a, a non... I'm not, I'm not being compensated for mm-hmm. saying this. The, the last remaining real newspaper in the country, if not the world, uh, under the mind and body section, study proves not... Not links evidence, but proves man's death linked to mRNA vaccine. Oh, sure. Case study details autopsy finding of heart and brain damage arising from vaccine, not natural infection. Scientists in Germany, had to come from Germany, <laughs> have found that mRNA vaccination, not COVID-19 infection itself, caused brain and heart damage in an older adult with underlying conditions. The study, a case report, Multifocal necrotizing encephalitis and myocarditis after a BNT162B2 mRNA vaccination against COVID-19 was published October 2022 in the journal Vaccines. And it examined the situation of a 76-year-old German woman with Parkinson's disease. The, uh, this, is just the, this is just the beginning. Mm. I mean, th- it's just starting. 
I I know, in, and and I want you guys to answer this too. Um, I know a lot of people that got vaccinated, they they got boosted, and they all all that stuff. And a lot of these people to this day still believe they're a hundred percent behind it. But the majority of my friends and people I know and know well that aren't afraid to tell me what they really think have been vaccinated, and they're scared to death right now. And they they're, they're scared. They're like. Why didn't anybody tell me this before? And I said, there were people telling you that before. <laughs> We've been talking about it on this show. Yeah, and keep in mind that, uh, you know, uh, radio outlets, oh, like yeah. some of the local ones here, actually prevented people mm-hmm. like me uh, from buying airtime, sure. warning people about, uh, which I think is just inexcusable. Um, it's, it's not only immoral, uh, it's actually unethical. Mm-hmm. The the FCC, as you know, uh, requires that everyone who has a license to operate a radio station has to serve the public interest, mm-hmm. right? That's yep. actually... You have to. It, you have to have public a, files open for people to come in anytime they want well, during business hours and look at this stuff that you have to prove it. Not only that, but it's not a suggestion that the state... When they do... Mm. What, what does that signify? What happens right after those... Annoying sounds. Uh, usually a hang up or see ya. No, no, no. This is a emergency broadcast system. Yeah, emergency broadcast system. This is only the, a test. The, the, this, or it's preceding an actual weather warning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Or earthquake warning, depending on what yep. part of the country you're living in. Radio stations don't interrupt their regularly scheduled programming because they feel like it, because they want to, because they're happy about it. They do it because they're required to by law. Mm -hmm. It is a federal law. It's enforced by the FCC Mm -hmm. that they must serve the public interest. And if there is an imminent threat to the public, radio stations and television stations are required to warn the public about that threat because the airwaves that they use to broadcast their signal don't belong to them. No. They belong to us, the American people. And they are only leasing those frequencies, frequencies yep. for their commercial interests, mm-hmm. but they have to still use them to serve the public good. They failed. They failed across the board in this country. They today, did. Including locally, and I only know that because I personally was was rejected by uh, Leighton Broadcasting mm-hmm. uh, uh, when we tried to buy airtime on one of their stations. You know, we see, and it's... Warning non- people about the vac- about this dangerous, deadly vaccine. Right, and... and- if you watch television at all, I mean, I know you're not a big TV guy, but um, all this Camp Lejeune stuff now, yep. uh, if you drank water or if you were saving blah, 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 blah. Imagine in 10 years from now, the TV commercials we're going to be seeing. If you took this vaccine and if you were boosted, you know, hi, I'm an attorney. My name is and we'll talk with you. It, it, that's what it's going to be. But the problem is still there. there is a real problem. And this is one of the things that we warned about two years ago. That when you sign on the dotted line mm-hmm. before you get the yep. shot, yep. you're basically giving up your away. right. To, you're, that's it. You're mm-hmm. saying I hold you blameless and yep. harmless yep. for any damage that comes to me, including death. Mm-hmm. So when you put your signature on that piece of paper saying I've been informed and I'm now giving consent, that's mm-hmm. where the term informed consent comes from. I'm now giving consent because I understand the risks. Therefore, even if I die, neither I nor my heirs nor my relatives nor my friends will come after you and sue you for the damage done to me because i understood the risks before i took the shot i want to i want to know what the percentage of people who 
received the original vaccinations that didn't go and get boosters afterwards? Because it seems like most people that I know that were originally vaxxed, they did it because like, oh, we can go back to normal and everything like that. And then, or they did it for their job or whatever. And almost and none of them no, have gotten, No, the numbers have just dropped. Yeah, they have the plummeted. And, and, and that brings me to my next question, because when you talk about how you sign in the dotted line, you're basically agreeing that, yeah, no matter what, if I die or whatever happens to me, you're not liable. But you bring up a p- good point there, Father Stephen. Uh, what if your job forces you to, um, your employer, the military, mm-hmm. whatever, now... If this does come out where they find out, no, this was a whole bunch of crap, what's going to happen then? Are these employers going to be held liable? Are these, because it was up to them, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. Well, I think you could probably end up with a real grievance against an employer who, who voluntarily, who fired you for not following through with a medical procedure. I don't see how there could be any legal justification for for discrimination based on on medical no i I don't i i agree i don't think that employers uh the military is that that's that's a tough one because you basically become property of the u.s military once you join you do but for an employer to require their employees to do this thing in other words to coerce them into doing it I think a case could very easily be made. I was coerced by my employer. Mm-hmm. I have a, a mortgage. I've got my children, have medical expenses, whatever it is. Yeah. And I couldn't afford to lose my job. And they forced me to do it. And now I'm having these uh, these complications. I, yeah. I, I think that there's a very good possibility for that to take place. And it should. It should happen everywhere where the vaccine was, the so-called vaccine uh, the squirt, as Dr. Dan likes to mm-hmm. call it, but I think uh, was required. I, I think there's a good possibility for that. To I think happen. you run into a narrow scoop of, of of lawsuits, though, right? Because if you had to get this the jab to keep your job, and now you're still at the company, and those things have gone away, well, you're not going to sue the company that you work for because that's not going to end up too well for you. Well, but then, uh, and then, unless and, they fired unless you, you think, right, unless, no, I'm or, saying, or if you got fired. And then you've moved on and you've eventually found a new job. You think to yourself, well, I didn't, I got fired because I didn't get the jab, but is it worth my time and money and effort to go and back and sue them for a lot? Uh, unlawful termination most people are going to say just forget it who cares right and then and then you have this narrow group of people that got the the people that might sue would be this group of people that would have gotten it because it was mandated and weren't willing to get it and then in turn got sick or injured from it right that would be the group that probably would be likely to to sue but it's you know, it's it's probably a smaller number than we anticipated being. I think that there is. Uh, I think that there is, in spite of the fact that people have signed that. I mean, if I was an attorney, I would take it on. I would take it on. And I think that there are. I I'm suspecting that there that we'll see class action lawsuits, which is where the lawyers make the big mm-hmm. money, right? Now, Representing a whole class of people. Sure. What if what if your death certificate says vaccine, uh, COVID vaccine related? Well, like there again, because right? that's my mother-in-law. What do you do? I mean, if she signed informed consent, right, right. So that's um, you know, that's that's the you'd. I, I mean, you'd have to be able to go back and prove that they didn't properly inform her. Well, you which, know, and it's funny because, I, but, but I think that there's more than that because I because again, if I was an attorney, what I would do is I would say, 
my client not only was not informed, but signed that form under duress, that there was pressure applied to my client to sign this form, to take this shot, which he did not want to take or she did not want to take. And therefore, it's so the whole thing is invalid mm-hmm. because, because they were forced to do it. They were coerced in order to do this. Yeah, in another case, you could say someone's bribed, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that bribery is nearly as strong of a, uh, I don't think bribery is nearly as strong of a, uh, of a case because he said, well, you could have turned down the bribe. Well, bribery is a, is a form of coercion, right? So I mean, it's, so it's, 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 it's a, a form of coercion with a different, with a, with, would with be different, you, a different I'll give you view. 50 bucks to, to go get the shot. Yeah, and, right. You know, but, that but, would be different, but if it's. But, but here's the difference. There are two sides of the same coin in a sense. In bribery, you benefit if you do what I want you to do, right? In coercion, you suffer, suffer if, if you don't, don't do what I want you understand. to do. And so coercion is a much easier thing, I think, to demonstrate in court. And I think that that would be something, especially if you've got a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, I was told if I don't take the shot, I'm going to get fired. So I signed whatever I had to sign. Yeah. Did they inform me? No, they didn't. I didn't know anything about it. They didn't tell me about this, 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 or this. And then you need to have the, the, whoever it was that gave them the shot, they would have to come forward and testify, oh, yes, I went through all the lists of, they asked me what, and sure. I get, so you'd have to have someone in that yeah. case perjuring yep. themselves on the stands. Right. Or, yeah. I think the case could be made. But I the difficulty is that you would, the burden of proof would be on you to prove that they didn't. You know what I mean? It's, you know, if you say that, you know, Susie at the, at the Walmart who gave me my COVID injection didn't properly inform me, well, Susie is now going to, to take the stand and she all and any if she has any legal counseling whatsoever just say i did exactly as i was instructed to do by the manuals of of the covid shot do you remember joe schmo coming through the door no i vaccinated a hundred people a day i don't remember anybody there yeah well i mean it's, it's i like, went to rancho cucamonga california to get my booster you think they remember me so you <laughs> So they, through, so they go through 100 people a day and you say, wow, so 100 people a day, you were able to explain all the risks and potential death to 100 people a day? How did you manage to do that? Did you give them all this form and ask them to read it before they took the shot? They'd have to say no. Otherwise, they'd be perjuring themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I've spoken with people that got the shot and I said, did they give you a piece of paper? Well, I, I know I signed something. Did they actually yeah, give nobody you reads a, it. <clears throat> But and then, even if they did, I, again, I think the case could be made. Whether they'd win or not is another story. It would depend on how good the attorney is. It would depend on what kinds of what kinds of precedents he's able to find when he goes through and he searches through case law and and and, and different court cases throughout history. But I think that the case could be made that a person has been coerced, and once you're under coercion, the rest of it kind of doesn't really matter. But then, who's who's who are you suing in that instance? Though that's my question. Because, well, I would say I sue, I sue the employer. I mean, I mean that's an interesting part to it because it's like because the employer will come back. That's where it gets convoluted, right? The employer will come back and say, "Well, you, we presume that where you would go to would give you the proper information as to what you were receiving." That's not you an know? argument, though. That's not an argument because they're the ones that are establishing a policy for their employees, saying you've got to do this. Well, at one time you could go to a grocery store and get your vaccination. Yeah, I yeah. mean, 
I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to pick up some supper. I'm going to go get me a case of beer. And, oh, I might as well get vaccinated, too. So they're If already, I go down this row that way and then come back this way to go get my back. Right. Anyway. So there, there's already a case uh, at, a, at a, a hospital, a clinic, a healthcare facility where employees were, some of them were terminated because they refused to take it. Mm-hmm. Others took it under duress because they were forced to take They mm-hmm. said, if we don't take it, we lose our job. We can't afford to lose our job. Both of those parties received a payout as a result of a class action lawsuit against their employer. Yeah. Both of them did. Uh, the people that were terminated got a much larger payout than the ones who took it under, under duress, under protest, Right, but they both got they both got a payout, and I think that that and I can't remember the name of the the the, the healthcare facility. I think it was a clinic. It, that kind of case needs to be reproduced across the country. But then so again, that, if you got a payout though, then that means they probably settled outside of court, and so there isn't any. I'm sure that they probably paid them so that they wouldn't have to admit guilt, and therefore set precedents for future future lawsuits that's usually those type of when you hear payout for something it's usually because you you came to me you you fired me and because i didn't get a jab and now i'm you know blah 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 and all right well listen i'll give you twenty thousand dollars you know as a as a as a check you know we don't talk about it anymore yep. you go yep. your way mm-hmm. and therefore there's no actual ruling saying that i owed you anything i just Gave you a check. No, but what there is is a case in which the attorney who was filing for the 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 plaintiffs mm-hmm. won the case. So it doesn't have to be a precedent. All it has to do is the for the other attorneys that want to do the same thing, they've got the same right to do here. I'll give an example. I'll give an example. Um oh, yeah, I- years ago when I was uh, when I was working in radio, John when I worked in radio, I actually worked in radio once. I know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a country radio station. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, Reba McKintry. There was a... <laughs> it's a it's, it's Stetson is what... Reba McIntyre. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that when I worked country radio either. Okay. Did you, did you, <laughs> I introduced her as Reba McKintry. That's very funny. He oh, means yeah. Reba McIntyre. Yep, That's yep, what he's talking yep. about. <laughs> so uh, so I, I had a lady at 2 o'clock. I was, I was working the, uh, the, the, the night shift. And I had a lady call me at three o'clock in the morning, like a couple of days in a row, mm-hmm. uh, asking me to play one day at a time by uh, who was that? Uh, oh, Lori, uh, uh, one, one, day, one day at uh, a time, sweet Jesus. Yes. Um, uh, um, um, is it Tammy Wynette? It. Is it Tammy Wynette? She might have done it. That song was done a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Anyway, she asked me to play that song, and then she called the next night and asked, and, and then the, and like the third time, I said, "Lady, what are you doing? It's uh, it's three o'clock in the morning." I said, "You sound terrible." She said, well, I, I can't sleep. I'm an accident victim. I said, oh, you, had a, you crashed into somebody in your car? She said, no, I'm a burn victim. Oh. I said, oh, wow. And she's had all this skin grafting and, you know, they're debriding and I mean, horrible, horrible. Uh, I said, did your house catch on fire? How did that happen? She said, no, my lighter uh, exploded on me. Your lighter? Wow. What do you what do you mean your lighter? She said I said, Were you you mean you were you were smoking and you went to light a cigarette and you're she said, No, it was just sitting in my lap. I said, Your lighter was sitting in your lap. So you're smoking and your lighter's in your lap. She said, No, I wasn't smoking when it happened. I was just sitting there watching television. And my lighter and suddenly my legs went up in flames. 
And I said, okay, we've got to, we've got to, we got to talk about this. So <clears throat> when I was off the air, uh, I asked her if I could go visit her. She was, uh, she was probably in her forties, forties or fifties. And, um, and I went to see her at her apartment and she, and she, I'd asked her, I said, do you have, I said, when I was still talking on the phone, I said, I'm thinking, how, how, how does that, how does that work? She's not smoking. There's no open flame. I said, do you have a, like a little rug, like a little throw rug, like nylon throw rug or something on your sofa where you were sitting? She said, yeah, I do. I said, can I come and visit your apartment? I, I kind of like to see that and where it happened. I think so she said that I couldn't. And yeah, she had. So I said, where's the lighter? What kind of lighter is it? Oh, it's just a big lighter. I said, where's the lighter? Do you still have it? Said, oh, I think I threw it away. Oh, we can't have that. So uh, we went and got the lighter from the trash can. <clears throat> I said, um, that lighter clearly, I think what happened was the lighter was defective and it was leaking butane, mm-hmm. which is not, there's no odorants put in right. butane in mm-hmm. lighters, right? So mm-hmm. you can't tell if it's leaking. Natural gas doesn't have a smell either, but they add an odor to it, this, you know, this rotten egg smell. Mm-hmm. So you can, hey, sure. something's right. So, um, so I said to her, listen, if I find a lawyer um, who would be willing to work for you for no charge, she said, oh, I can't afford it. I said, if, if you, no charge, would you consider suing Bick if we find out that the lighter is indeed defective? And she said, oh, I don't blame nobody for this. You know, these things just happen. I said, ma'am, do you have money in the bank? No, I don't even know how I'm going to pay for my surgeries. I said, what do you do? Well, I'm a cook at the townhouse motor. So... You don't have insurance? No. You don't have money to pay for it? No. And you have no money? No. I said, you've been injured by a defective product. Would you, would you consider, if I could get an attorney to work for you for no charge, would you consider, if it turns out the lighter is defective, suing the bit company? And she said, well, yeah, I guess. Great. So I went out. I called a friend of mine who's an attorney. He came in. He took the case. Um, on a contingency basis, meaning that if, if he doesn't win the case, mm-hmm. he gets nothing. And, and, okay. So he got the lighter. He sent it down to a lab uh, at, the, uh, at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, and they've got an electron micro- <coughs> microscope. <clears throat> and they evaluated the, the lighter. And sure enough, it had a defective valve that allowed the butane to escape mm-hmm. while it was just sitting there in her lap. And enough of it accumulated that a small movement from her foot caused a static electric spark and her legs went up in flames. She went running out on fire into the hallway, screaming, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, and collapsed from the pain in the hallway. And she woke up, you know, the next day mm-hmm. in the hospital. So <clears throat> my attorney friend files this lawsuit against the bit company and he was keeping me apprised of the progress. And he said, David, um, I went to look uh, to see if any kind of filing has been made against Bick in the past. And I found a list this long sure. of lawsuits against them specifically for this very mm-hmm. thing. Every single time, they make a payout. Sure. Every single time Just they settle. Keep your mouth shut. Here you go. Here's a little money. They settle out of court. Hush money, <clears throat> according to Aaron. Yep. And so guess what happened? Guess what happened? They made him an offer. He took the offer. I said, no. I said, don't do that. I said, you've got to. 
I said, this needs to be made public. People need to know that, that people are being injured and in some cases perhaps dying from these defective lighters. But the big corporation apparently made a decision that it was going to be cheaper for them to pay people to keep quiet mm -hmm. than it was going to be for them to redesign their entire manufacturing process or whatever the part is that's defective so that people would be safe. So my point is, do companies make payouts? Do they settle out of court in order to keep it from going public? Yes, they do. Sure they do. Does it stop them from being sued in the future? Not at all. In fact, I, I have no idea how many times Bic has been sued since then. You know, John, you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about 9-11 and how, how it was all planned and there were bombs inside that was an explosive, you know, demolition. Mm -hmm. uh, how my brother used to work for Solomon Brothers in, the, yep. in Building 7. And a couple of years after this case with this lady at the radio station that I met, uh, he said to me, he called me on the phone one day and he said, from New York, and he said, he said, David... What kind of pens do you use? I said, well, I use all different kinds of pens. He said, big pens? I said, I said, no, I never use big pens. I'll never buy another big pen in my life. Good. Because <clears throat> he said, I'm going to tell you what happened. There was a girl that I work with at Solomon Brothers. Beautiful, beautiful girl. He said, she's like a model. Beautiful. And she has an apron. She wears an apron. And in the front of her apron, she keeps lighters for the clients that have a cigar, a cigarette, mm -hmm. that, you know, she can light them, or to light the candles on the tables. And he said, she was working, and she reached over a table where there was a candle, and all of a sudden her whole apron went up in flames. She got second-degree burns on her face, scarring of her face, uh, her chest. She'll never work as a model again. All because, guess what kind of lighter she had in the pouch of her sure. apron? Bic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So... You know, so that could have been stopped. Hope Bic's not a sponsor for the program. <laughs> no, I, I'm just wondering how we ventured over to Bic Lighters now. Um, because like because, because, I, because the story has gone in 20 different directions. No, no, it's because I wanted to make the point that just sure. because a company has settled right. previously yep. doesn't mean that they can't be sued mm -hmm. again and again and again and again. Right. And, and they it, should be if they're uh, if they're... If they're guilty of something, sure. Like that. And even like my mother-in-law, you know, it says on the the death certificate it was COVID vaccine related. Um, funeral was paid for. I don't know who or what. There supposedly there was some money out there, but um, it uh, it was paid for. We need we need to. Uh, you know that reminds me. I once had a birthday where the cake. <laughs> was so good. Did you use a pick lighter to light the candle? No, I did not. <laughs> Matches. You know, we're talking about, oh, for heaven's cakes. Man, I tell you what, best cupcakes and cakes, it doesn't matter. Maybe you got a graduation, a wedding, a birthday, a special occasion, or maybe you just want something really, really good. Uh, I tell you what, you can order it, or you can walk in to find out more. And uh, while you're there, uh, not just the good treats, they've also got homemade lunch and soup, keto, gluten-free, vegan, and diabetic options. They're all there. If you're a business owner, check out the, your monthly employee discounts. You know, treat your employees, your hardworking employees, to a little something special. They're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through uh, Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Saturdays, 9 to noon. Call them up, 701-757-CAKE. Or go to overheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Uh, if you're looking for a cake job, by the way, overheavenscakes is hiring. And you know what? Spring break is going on right now. That means graduation is not that far away. You want the uh, graduation cake that all the other graduates are envious of? 
get a hold of Over Heaven's Cakes. Chickens come home to roost. The Great Reset here with David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition and Father Stephen McKenna. Uh, we're just, it's a typical uh, Great Reset. We're, we're kind of starting with a topic. We're kind of branching off, but um, I know we're going to make this one a little bit quicker than normal yes. today. We got a bunch of stuff yes, going on, but um, okay, I'll. Okay, so so going back to this article, uh, a study proves man's death linked to mRNA vaccine. And by the way, I do want to point out that this was written. It could have been written by Dr. Dan Stanislavski, but it wasn't. Okay, it was written by Jennifer Margulis and Joe Wang. And I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Dr. Margulis when she was uh, doing a seminar on uh, COVID nineteen vaccines in bismarck uh, about a year and a half ago oh i remember when you guys are uh, out there yeah. yeah yeah she did a fantastic job really really sharp uh lady and um and so so the the chickens come home to roost here's a <laughs> here here's doctors now doctor sounds alarm on hospital safety a quarter of a million americans suffer preventable deaths due to medical error a quarter of a million americans suffer preventable deaths due to medical error or common risks encountered during hospital stays. More than 250,000 people in the United States die every year from medical errors, making it the third leading cause of death after heart disease and, and, heart disease and cancer. That's according to a study then in 2016 by Johns Hopkins. So Johns Hopkins, who, who's the, the big medical experts, they admit mm-hmm. that 250,000 people a year die from from medical error john what do you think <laughs> just kidding uh let me let me just let me move on let me move on yeah. spike protein <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little in-house humor going on here uh covid19 vaccines trigger body to produce the same spike protein that's proven so troublesome among the naturally infected that's something that uh dr dan was talking about two years ago yeah. I- i'm not saying that 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 Epic Times is late in coming out with that information, but they kind of are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, they, they mm-hmm. truthfully... I, nobody they, wanted to call... I mean, they, I'll, I'll just say it as it is. I mean, nobody wanted to call it for what it was because everybody was af- afraid that maybe, you know, in the beginning, almost everybody around was afraid to, to, to call it out as that the, 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 the pandemic wasn't actually a pandemic right. and that the vaccine wasn't actually going to help anybody. It was going to hurt people. And because they were all afraid to, to say that because it didn't, because the, the, the feedback was always so negative and the, and you'd be attacked for it and you could potentially be sent, you'd be censored for it and all sorts of other negative things would come back. And on something that essentially is not based off of what has happened, but what is potentially going to happen because this is the way this thing is, you know, this vaccine, quote unquote vaccine is, is constructed is it, it was a, is a waters that were, you know, sort of dark and scary for people to, to step into, you know? And, and so everybody hedged their bets and just kind of went with the, well, you shouldn't be, forced to take the vaccine you know the conservative-minded people just put the emphasis on the force if they had put the emphasis on we shouldn't even be doing this then then you know it could have been a different picture painted but it was you know it became a political politicized thing whereas more conservative people said well you should get the vaccine if you want to but we're not you shouldn't be forced and and more liberal people said well you, you know we should be 
forcing everybody to have it because we need to keep the world safe. Well, it's the same message. You're telling everybody that they should get it on both sides of that coin. And so it's, it was the rare person like Dan that actually pointed out and said, no, nobody should be getting this. This thing is going to be more harmful than any kind of possible good that could ever come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, the, and, and and it wasn't. I mean, and there were. It, it wasn't just Dan. It wasn't just MPHC. There were people around the world that were saying that, but nobody was listening. I mean, the the major news networks weren't listening. Mm-hmm. And let's see, let's see. Did they and like have you a, said? And they, they wouldn't. They were censoring you from even being able to put out warnings to, cor- to, 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 for people. Correct. So let's see. Um, the major news outlets, the ones on on television. Is there any conflict of interest with them reporting on the potential harm of a drug from a major pharmaceutical company Anderson or companies? Cooper, brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that pretty you, much says it all right yeah, there. Well, do you think like Fauci, uh, World Health Organization, CDC, uh, news outlets, do you think right now they're all going like, how the hell are we going to talk our way out of this one? Because this stuff is going to come back to haunt us in a couple of years. Do you think they're thinking that? No. Or do you still think they're like, what? We weren't doing anything I, wrong. I, I think there's so many people that are bought and sold that there sure. is very little risk that any of the major players are going to have any kind of repercussions. And that we as a population are so short minded and our memories are so so short for these things that it'll be on to the next thing how much Mm -hmm. is going on in the news right now that distracts us from all the other things that that, oh yeah that's what they do just come up with a new story crease du jour you know it's just the mm -hmm. difference is that in this case people died and others are injured and are still injured and are still suffering and more people are going to die down the road, and more people are going to experience some type of debilitating injury down the road from a shot that they already took. What, Even it, if they stopped all of them right now, we would see this continual progression sure. of death and, and, and injury from these COVID-19. There's only been 19,476 deaths from the vaccine. Officially. Officially. According to theirs. Yeah, yeah. right. It's more according, like I mean, a million in, in this country alone. Coming. Yeah, I mean, you could quadruple, it'd be more than quadruple that. So here, just to give an uh, example of how bizarre our whole our whole reality is right now, <clears throat> the new WHO chief scientist challenged paper claiming lab not COVID-19 origin. This new guy, <clears throat> Jer- Jeremy Farrar, uh, he... He attends the World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. Gee, oops. I wonder, I wonder if he's a bad guy. Um, he says, uh, yeah, there's a, this, this, this. Jeremy Farrar made critical change to influential 2020 paper that effectively sidelined the Wuhan lab, lab theory. In other words, he's saying it didn't really come from, you know, it didn't come from the lab, didn't come from the lab, didn't come from Wuhan lab. It must come from some, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. He's saying that now. He's trying to get... He says, yes, I know. In, in the U.S., why so keen to get out ASP? I'll push back. Okay. <clears throat> He's talking about pushing back against these people that are saying, no, it did come from... It did come from the lab. Now, now oh, look at this. Right on, on the front cover of the same paper. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me find it. Um, there's an... There's an... There's, a, <laughs> there's another... There, there are other guys coming out that are saying, oh, we've got now further proof that this came from the Wuhan lab. Yeah, but all the all the major players are so insulated. That's the 
I mean, it's like anything. It's like like when you when they tried to take down the, the Clintons, you know. And yeah, okay, you know, some aide somewhere gets a you know gets in trouble and mm-hmm. gets fired because they you know they, they they'll have a fall guy and a, and a but they they insulate themselves so much. The people that are going after them supposedly are you know bought and sold just as much as the rest of them. Sure, and and so it's a big dog and pony show that ends up with nothing productive being. You done. know, that's that's. So, kind of- it's so, kind of funny because um, down in Arkansas, my aunt and uncle have a place down there, and the people that live right across the street from them, it's their whatever home, their second home or whatever, but it sits empty. Uh, they're very good friends with the Clintons. And I said, what's, you know, what's the deal? Oh, they're both in prison. <laughs> I said, for what? They were friends with the Clintons. It's all I needed to hear. Okay, yep. how many people uh, we know like sense. that? I'm sorry, David. Okay, no, that's all right. I the the point is that we're going to get this back and forth. Look, hey, you remember two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know how many how many businesses went out of business to flatten the curve oh, in my two goodness. weeks, which became yeah uh, another two weeks, which became two months, which uh, became flatten the economic curve, flatten the economic curve, yeah, and exactly. that actually worked. They mm-hmm. didn't tell us which that, curve they were talking about flattening, but yeah. that was the one, the economic. That curve. way, our president could create more jobs. There mm-hmm. is so, oh, and guess what? This guy Tedros, what a joke! I, I the 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 the, <laughs> the head of the who. Mm-hmm. Not the band. He, he urges, listen to this, who urges countries to reveal intelligence on COVID-19 origins? We want you to reveal your intelligence on the COVID-19 origins. In another narrative shift on the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, the World Health Organization asked governments with information about intelligence on the virus to come forward after a growing number of U.S. officials signaled that the pandemic may have resulted from a Chinese lab leak. And here's what he says. If any country has the information about the origins of the pandemic, it is essential for that information to be shared with WHO and international uh, scientific community. That's Director General Tedros. I don't even know what he sounds like because I've never listened to the guy. Yeah, I'm guessing but, it was just like that. But yeah, I'm probably. guessing it was something like that. Yeah. So, like Count Dracula? <laughs> so, uh, 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 if any country has information about the origins of the pandemic. I knew that you could. I've, I've come to get your job. Yeah. So there is some good news. I, I'd like to end uh, today's show with some, some good news. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene announced the bill to de- declare... Antifa, a domestic terrorist group. <laughs> now, let's think about that. Antifa. Okay, so you, here's what it says. Do you have an Antifa membership card? Jeez. I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> good luck. Good luck pr- a, pl- proving about that you're part of Antifa. <laughs> I mean, but, but no, you don't have to prove that you remember. She's just saying that she wants to declare Antifa yeah. a, a domestic terrorist group. She's a representative from, from Georgia. A Republican, and she introduced legislation March 7th that would designate Antifa as a terrorist organization after protesters allegedly aligned with the group set fire to the site of future police and fire training facility in Atlanta. According to the Atlanta Police Department, the fire was sparked on March 5th when a, quote, coordinated attack on police, a group of anti-police protesters launched rocks, bricks, Molotov cocktails, and fireworks at responding officers and the construction equipment being used to build a facility. So let's just think about Antifa for a minute. Let's see. Um, they break windows. They start fires. They attack reporters mm-hmm. who are trying to to get the truth out about. They what's always wear going a mask. On. They wear a mask. Mm-hmm. They dress in black. They don't want anybody to know who they are. And they attack the police. Hmm. Let's yep. see. 
that sounds like a patriot group to me. That sounds it? like I mean, open that season sounds like to me. Good Americans uh, <laughs> using their rights of free speech to peacefully protest. No, they are no, a terrorist not. group. They are terrorists. Come on, hello. What else do they have to do Absolutely. to no. designate themselves as a terrorist group? So Marjorie Taylor Greene is just saying, let's recognize them officially mm-hmm. as a terrorist group. I got and, no problem and, with and that. And the reason that that's important is because if they are designated a terrorist group. That then authorizes organizations like the police, the FBI, and mm-hmm. other law enforcement agencies to investigate. Yeah, them. good luck going on vacation and flying Which, anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, also, right. wouldn't if you're a terrorist organization in the United States, <clears throat> wouldn't it potentially open you up for like RICO type charges and things like that? Too? Absolutely, because you would be an organized. Yes, sure. uh, absolutely, yeah, it does. Yeah. absolutely, it does. And so I'm guessing that their membership, the people that sign up to be part of that, may get smaller or it may not, but it makes it a whole lot easier to prosecute them. Here's another piece of good news. We've got two minutes left. Now, this could be good news from one reason or for another reason. We don't know what the reason is that they're doing this. And I'll, I'll, I'll give the two, the two, I think, obvious answers. And if you want to comment and give way in, please feel free. Texas A&M University system vows to stop considering diversity in hiring and admissions. The Texas A&M University has joined a growing list of public university systems across the country that will end the use of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I hate those words. They will, they will end the use of diversity, equity, and inclusion policies in both its hiring and and student admissions. So what does that mean? No university or agency in the A&M system will admit any student nor hire any employee based on any factor other than merit. That's what it means. That's what it should be. That's exactly what it should be. That's what it should have been from the very beginning. That's what it should always be. It should never be any less than that. Exactly. I mean, the only way to have to to change whatever is perceived as racial inequality in regards to major universities, hiring and professions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is to create systems that enable people in uh, like poor situations to be able to pull themselves out of it, you know, to, to educate them and, and give them the tools necessary to actually better themselves because otherwise you're just making things worse. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you know, Oh, you're, you're part of this school because, because you're of your color or your gender. Or what, and it's like, all right. So like you, you didn't earn your way in here. You just happen to fit the quota. Yeah, But this doesn't even, but I mean, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion has nothing to do even with poverty or with, with uh, a person's background. It only has to do with, here's what it has to do with the politically correct woke garbage that's been destroying America for, for the past several years. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And and so so what are the reasons that Texas A&M is suddenly realizing that was a bad idea to include people because they're gay or they're transgender or because they're black or because they're whatever? What what brought them to that to that it's Texas? That damn it! <laughs> it's it's well. It says that they're joining a, a, a variety. I mean, multiple countries across a growing list of public university systems are doing this. So the, my my question is, why are they doing it, and why are they doing it now? And I I propose two potential reasons. One is they finally figured it out and heard from enough angry clients, people, parents, uh, public, that this is nonsense and they're getting a black eye over it because it's making them look really, really bad, especially with 
social media and alternative media sources like GFBS that are pointing out how much that's hurting both the university as well as all the professions that these unqualified, incapable people are going into just because they were the right gender or the right Mm -hmm. perversity. Um, And they're they're saying, we don't want that. We don't want to get this bad rap because apparently a lot of people don't agree with it. So it's either that, in other words, public pressure, or, and this is the one that, this is the, the, the answer that I don't like, the damage that's been done yeah. by the whole <clears throat> diversity, equity, and inclusion standard is already done. And they, they, they can abandon it now because the harm done to our society, to our educational system, uh, to industry is already enough. That, yeah. the, that the people that are behind it have accomplished their goals. So now they can say, ah, go back yeah. to normal. We don't care I, I remember the good old days when gender equality meant a lot different than it does now. Back in the day, gender equality was about between men and women, right? <laughs> it's not even near that anymore. No. I mean, now you got, well, you are actually a woman, but you say you're, uh, come on. Yeah. I mean. And the biggest, the biggest problem, and people don't, you know, the biggest problem is that people don't think, mm-hmm. and it's because they've been trained not to think. Yeah. Our educational system is set up; it's established; it's it's literally designed. Maybe because to we, prevent people from thinking for themselves. Maybe yeah. because we stopped admitting people to colleges for their merit. Ex- yeah. There yeah. you go. Thank well, you very much. What happens? With, I mean, we've gotten to a point now, probably where it's there's all these these merit these uh, equality based positions have made it so that you probably be there without being able to read yeah right and that's yeah, just, right. and yeah. that's just and that's just a piece of the overall puzzle i mean that's just part of it yeah the 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 attack the wholesale um destruction of the american mind through the educational system especially through higher ed and now certainly through high school and middle school uh was a planned, coordinated attack, and we can get into that at a, on, a, on a future show. It's well-documented. Charlene Iserbeit, uh, I, I can't remember how to, I don't know how to say her last name, was, uh, was chosen for the, uh, to, to run the, the Department of, I think it was Health, Education, and Welfare, Public Education, uh, in Washington back in the 70s or 80s. And she, Iserbeit, Iserbeit, I don't... And she said, you know what, I, to do my job right, she was, a good, she was a good woman. To do my job right, I just want to see the history of, our, of the public education system and see how we got to where we are and who's behind it and blah, blah, blah. When she looked into it, she found out that it had been taken over, that the goal was to, was to indoctrinate children's minds with socialism and communism and communist ideology and to turn them away from the ideals and values that made America great in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that sh- not only shocked her, but she went public about it. And then, of course, she now nobody knows who she is. But she actually made a video. I've got a copy of the video uh, where she describes everything that she found. So it, it wasn't an accident, and it wasn't just some bad choices that people made. It was intentional, and it's been going on for decades. But there's a chance now to turn it around. So my final point for tonight is that... Uh, in addition to, uh, to Midwest Public Health Coalition teaming up with Amos Tarfa out of uh, Moorhead, Minnesota, mm-hmm. who has a Life STEM Academy where he's, it's a Christian-based school that invites uh, both public schoolers and homeschoolers to take part in their program where they can actually 
get advanced credits so that they can actually go into college, if they choose to go to college or university uh, after graduating from high school, they can actually clap out of, I don't know, I think 20 or 30 or 40 credits uh, and, and, and do a four-year education, or, or more. He said you can do a four-year education. If you start early in their program and go all the way through to graduation, you can do a four-year, uh, get a four-year degree in two years. Yeah. Saving a ton of money. And it's a great program. It's that's the, uh, the and you can look look them up online if you just Google. I don't remember the name of his website, but if you Google Life STEM Academy in Moorhead, uh, and uh, and his name is Amos Tarfa. He is doing that here, and we at Midwest Public Health Coalition are helping him to to produce to create a satellite school here in Grand Forks. Uh, it'd be a fantastic school. The students there, I've met some of them. That I've watched them. <clears throat> phenomenal, phenomenal education. Um, and we're going to do the same thing here in Grand Forks. <laughs> but Charlie Kirk said, I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm not saying that he got the idea from us because, you know, a lot of good ideas. And they, so Turning Point Academy launches, and they're starting with 600 students in Phoenix, Arizona. And he's planning on spreading that program across the country. I think that uh, Mr. Tarfa and Mr. Kirk are probably going to have a conversation at some point that maybe merge their uh, their respective goals and work together. At least I'm hoping that that's what happens. Check them out. In the meantime, you can check out what's going on uh, in the state legislature through uh, ndcan.org. Once again, that's very important to find out what our state is doing. That's all I've got for today. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Katie, get ready to hit that music again. <clears throat> are you okay? Yeah, you you almost you almost lost all oil pressure there. I'm just wondering. I was I started sneezing and uh, but I didn't want to sneeze. Did an awesome job aloud because I, I was like, I'll just give myself brain hemorrhages instead of just sneezing and ruining the the, the, the audio. Thank you for coming in. You're very welcome. Uh, you know, Father Stephen, the doors are open for you all the time. Anytime you want to come in. And thank you, David. That's I know you got a busy pleasure. day. And uh, thanks to Live Vantage for bringing you the show today. Now, if you're one of those people out there that takes collagen, uh, maybe you have, maybe you haven't heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen that not only replenishes your body, but it helps your body create its own collagen using natural products, and then it maintains it. Now, if you want to find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Kronelka and Life Vantage for more information. Check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701-230-9306 or email skbesthealth at gmail.com or you can click the uh, link on the gfbestsource.com and it'll go directly to Life Vantage. Uh, biohack your life with Life Vantage. Hey, again, don't forget now, this Friday, Grand Forks Best Source, we are celebrating our third anniversary. Uh, we're hopefully going to have some live music. We're going to be here. Anybody that has been on the show, anybody that has hosted a show, uh, or just friends of ours, come on in on Friday, all right? St. Patrick's Day. You know, we can always uh, walk across the hallway here and have some green beer and all that kind of stuff, but it's going to be a great time. Uh, let's see, tomorrow at 11 o'clock, Dale is going to be taking over the reins. He's going to sit down with Daniel Belinsky, and he's going to talk about this movie based on a true story that happened in North Dakota. It's called End of the Rope. I've done some research on it. It's going to be a great show. Make sure you tune in, all right? And uh, remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show that way. You know, the Grand Cities are a wonderful place. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.